if you uh, turn your Bibles, or open your Bible apps, I got to get modern here, to the book of Mark chapter 4. And uh, join me in a brief word of prayer as, uh, as we get ourselves there. Father God, I just want to thank you so much for what you've already done this morning, Lord. Uh, Lord, from, from the pre-service prayer to the worship, Lord, and uh, to the words of exhortation that have come, Lord, you've already manifested your presence here, Father. You've already uh, speak, spoken to our hearts. You've already done a marvelous work. And Father, I just, I just pray and thank you that you will continue to do that work to completion here, Father God, even in the ministering of your word. Uh, we pray in all things you continue to be exalted and glorified through us and in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Mark uh, chapter 4, starting at the 35th verse, a very uh, familiar passage for many. And uh, it's a story about Jesus quieting the storm. But I'm going to use the storm and him quieting the storm uh, in a little bit of a different way. The title of today's message is Maintaining Inner Peace in the Midst of Life Storms. Maintaining Inner Peace in the Midst of of life storms. And so, and so let's read. I'm reading from the ESV. Uh, I'll read this passage and we'll go back through it in a, in a, in a more detail. Verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. We're going to come back to that at some point, but I wanted to emphasize that this is what Jesus said let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd they took him with them in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Everybody say, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. That's, we need to remind ourselves of the power and authority of Christ. What, what he says will be. We, as they say, we can take that to the bank, right? Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear. They went from one fear to another fear. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. And I want to consider for a minute Jesus' two questions. What did he ask them? Why are you so afraid? 
I'm asking these because I want us to ask where applicable, ask ourselves. Because there's a lot that we are confronted with in this world today, and we've got choices to make. And if fear is an issue, and it shouldn't be hard for us to recognize if it is, if fear is an issue, then we have to ask ourselves or remind ourselves that Jesus is asking us, why are you so fearful? Why is it that everything, you're looking for everything behind the corner and under the rock, looking for something to be you know, why is it that life's storms cause you to be so fearful? And then he asked a follow-up question because these are interconnected. These are related to each other. He's not just asking why you... The issue is not fear in and of itself. The issue is what we do with it. Why are you afraid? Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? I put in parentheses, have you still no faith in me? Because that's really what he's asking. The Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, right? And, and, and the word became, I'm skipping a whole bunch of verses, and the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. Jesus is the living embodiment of the word of God. Right? Have you no faith in me, in Jesus, also in the word of God? So he's asking. So he's telling us where, what will anchor us. He's telling us where our focus should be and how to overcome fear in the midst of life storms. And we need to ask it. Now, let's see what it says about faith, because he says, you still have no faith. Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is the assurance. Say assurance. We're going to have to, that blessed assurance. We're going to have to be assured of the things that we hope for. And if what we're hoping for is in the Lord, if we what we're hoping for is in the truth of God's word, then we ought to be assured of it. Yeah, if we're hoping for other stuff, then you got a different issue to take care of. We got to repent and focus our thoughts and attention on what is true in God's word. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews eleven six tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, that's part of it, and that he rewards those who seek him. So, do we believe that God exists? And are we seeking him? Well, if he exists, and we know he does, and we're seeking him like we say we are, then there ought to be a conviction that he re- that he is for us, he favors us, and he will reward us. That's what his word says. And so, do we still have no faith in him when life's challenges hits us in the face? It's important that we examine 
if that is the case, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to speak the truth in love to help you gain the ability to calm the storm in your soul. Because that's, that's what this is about. It's maintaining if you have the peace. It's gaining if you don't. Gaining the inner peace in the middle of your storm if you don't have it. So we want to gain and maintain the peace of God that passes all understanding, right? That will guard our hearts and minds in the midst of the storms of life. So without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so if we're going to please God, Right. We're we couldn't get saved without faith. Right. I said we couldn't get saved without faith. Right. By grace, through faith, are we saved? If we're going to please God, we're going to have to be in faith in order to please him. And we're going to have to exhibit attitudes, behaviors, thought processes, that show forth, that show forth, that exemplify that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. If we're freaking out, that sends the opposite message. And so let's, so let's exhibit behavior consistent with the profession of faith that we have, all right? And how does that come? Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So seeking God, what does that look like, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That means we're going to have to put our, get ourselves in the house of God so we can hear the word of God, right? You're going to have to hear it. But we can't stop there. We're going to have to read it for ourselves daily. We're seeking God. We're seeking his truth. We're seeking his will. We're pursuing him through his word. So we're going to hear the truth. All right. But we're also going to feed on the truth as we read God's word ourselves. But we're not going to stop there. We're going to meditate on. Consistently think on. The word of God, because we want to get that down in our hearts. We want to get that down in our system. Uh, we're going to react to the storms of life one way or another. We want it to be, it ought to be instinct. It ought to be second nature. It, it, it ought to just be, it ought to ooze out of us when life squeezes us. It ought to just ooze out of us that, 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 that God exists and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. It ought to ooze out of us that, that, that the word of God is true and we know that we know that we know our God has our back. Amen? That there are issues and trials in life. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but our God delivers us out of them all. Right? And so somebody's going to have to be anchored. Somebody's going to have to be representing the kingdom in the middle of this chaos that someone can look to and say, everybody's freaking out. Why aren't you? Everybody's freaking out. We're all in the same boat, as it were. <laughs> I mean, uh, life's issues, we're not all, all of us aren't exempt from them. I don't care how poor you are or how rich you are. I don't care how black you are or how white you are. 
or how in between you are. Right? I don't care what side of the track, whether it's east side or the west side, north side or the south side. It doesn't matter where you are, who you are. You're not exempt from life storms. So the issue isn't to avoid them. The issue is how do we maintain inner peace in the midst of them so, 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 so we can hear the voice of God and be used of God despite the storm. Amen? So let's go back and let's take a look at this. Jesus' question. Why are you so afraid? Every time I, I read that in my mind, why are you so fearful? Why is your response to everything fear? But I don't think he meant, let's look at this situation. They're in a fairly small boat. It is a major storm. The waves have already begun to overtake the boat and the boat is filling up with water. I think fear is justified. Especially if you can't swim. Fear is justified. I, I think he's less concerned that they struggled with fear, all right, than that they caved to it. All right? Fear is going to come. How many times did the angel of the Lord have to tell people, fear not? Be of good courage. I, I, I realize this isn't an everyday occurrence that the angel of the Lord appears to you. I talked about Gideon not too long ago when the angel of the Lord came and spoke with him under the terebinth tree, right? Now, you know, it, it, it would make sense for there to be a little fear for him to go take his father's bull, pull down his father's altar and the doggone Asherah pole. He knew what kind of blowback that was going to create. So there was a fear element there, Right? And so, fearful of the opposition preventing him, there was fear, but he didn't let fear stop him from obeying God. And that's where, that's where the challenge is. What do, what do we allow the fear to cause us to do? What impact does the fear have on us? Does it, does it cause us to panic, get out of faith, and start you know, and, and start moving into doubt and unbelief? Or do we deal with that fear and bring it under subjection to what we know to be true in the word of God and, and, and exhibit courage based on faith in God and his word that causes us to move forward despite, despite the circumstances that tempted us to fear? Are you hearing me? And so while you're afraid... I believe was why did you give in to fear? And let's imagine, let's look at why I think that. What did they do when they approached Jesus? And I'm not even going to keep y'all long today, so y'all can, y'all, y'all might as well, y'all might as well give me some energy. All right. We're not going to go into double overtime today. All right. So, but let's, but let's examine why he would think that. You know, when the storms of life hit us, what were they doing? They started grabbing the pails and they're trying to bail water out of the boat. 
Because we got to do something. And, and we don't know, we, we don't know what else to do but to grab pails and bail the water out. And at some point they realized that they couldn't pail the water out fast enough. The water was overtaking the boat faster than they could. So they go down to Jesus who is asleep in the stern. But here's the thing. They already know he's the son of God. They already seen him do great miracles. They just got through seeing him heal as he preached to a crowd of people. And yet they go down into the boat and it never enters their mind that he might be able to do something. Because they're in panic mode. The storm of life is external, but they allowed the external storm to create an internal storm in their souls, and they're not able to go in faith right now because there's chaos within, and they're operating out of that internal chaos. It's not the storms of life that cause us problems. It's the internal storm that we allow to take root because of the external storm. And so what we're... What, what we ought to learn today is how important it is for us to fight that battle. We've got to, as Proverbs 4.23 says, guard our hearts with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life. Amen. Right? So we've got to protect our hearts from fear, because fear wants to grab, wants to take hold of it. Right? And so we've got a breastplate of righteousness, and we've got a shield of faith. And, 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 and we're going to have to armor up in order to protect ourselves from allowing the internal storm to move us out of faith and into fear, right? And so they go down into the stern of the ship. And this is Jesus they're talking about. Lord, we're all dying out here. We're about to die. Don't you care? Now think about that. How many times, I've said that before, just full disclosure, you know, I've got Jesus in this situation with me and it doesn't click in my mind that I've got Jesus in this situation with me. Going down into the stern of the boat for us to complain. There's a little bit of a judgment. Don't you care? We're perishing out here. We, including you, we all going to perish if you don't get up, grab a pail and help. Because that's all I can see. The only thing I can see to do is to pail the water out of here and we're losing the battle and we got somebody sleep down in the stern. Grab a pail, man. Maybe, who knows? Uh, it could be like, uh, Horton, here's a who. Little Jojo comes out and he has that last yop and it breaks through the crowd and everybody can hear, we're here, we're here. So who knows? One more person with a pail might make the difference. But that's thinking in the natural. That's thinking from a fierce perspective that if we don't get more water going out than coming in, we are going to perish. We and Jesus is going to perish. <laughs> Think about that. We and Jesus, we all going to perish. If Jesus doesn't jump in and join what my solution is to the problem. But that's... But but those <laughs> those are the kinds of solutions that we come up with when we're in fear. We got to fight. We got to do something because hey, we all gone. Even Jesus is gonna perish if we don't do something. 
Lord, I want you to do what I think you need to do in order for me to see a way to victory here. Because we're in fear. And that's what Jesus is speaking to. It's like, wait a minute. First of all, you come down here. You got Jesus here. Do I care? Right? What was the first sentence in the first verse? What did Jesus say to them in the first verse? Let us go. Hold on. Wait, Wait a minute. He said, Hey, let's try to go on the other side and hopefully we don't perish in the middle. Let's rush over to the other side before a storm comes and kills us all. What do you say? Let us go to the other side. If he said it, it's a promise. If he said it, it's going to come to pass. Right? And we need to know God's word. We need to know what he said so that we can remind ourselves of the truth that we can stand on that is even truer than whatever circumstance we're facing, right? The truth of God's word is we will anchor our souls in the middle of the storm. And even though the storm is raging all around us, being anchored in God's word prevents the storm from invading inside us. And so Jesus is actually teaching them something through this. I, I, I can't imagine that Jesus, if he was sleeping, he knew, uh, big picture, he came to suffer on the cross, die for our sins. I don't believe God was going to, he knew God wasn't going to let him die in a storm trying to cross the sea, right? You know, so sometimes we lose sight of the big picture. But Jesus knew the big picture. There was nothing to be worried about. It didn't matter what unexpected storm came. He knew it wasn't his time. And it doesn't matter what you're facing. All right. God is the one who numbers your days. Right. And so you're either going to make it or you don't. But God's the determiner of that, not your circumstance. And sometimes reminding ourselves of that. It can, can help us maintain a, a, a sound mind and peace in a situation that would tempt us to, to act in chaos, right? And so, they're exemplifying behavior that we ourselves exemplify when we allow those things to affect us that way. And so, I just want us to recognize that Jesus is in the situation with us. I, I, there are a whole lot of problems with our society right now, but, but, but despite those problems, I refuse not to recognize that Jesus is with us in those problems. I refuse to panic or to be moved into fear because of what things might devolve into. It might devolve into it, but 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 I am just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or for you VeggieTales people, Rakshak and Benny. I am just like Rakshak, Meshach, and Abednego. I believe God is able to save me from the fire, like the song said. But even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing the knee to you, fear. Even if it doesn't, I am not going to allow you to take hold of my mind, take hold of my soul, 
and, 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 and toss me around uh, all every which way but loose. I'm going to stay rooted and anchored in the truth of God's word. I may not get the outcome I want, but, but what I'm more concerned with is whether God's will is accomplished here. Right? And so it was his will that Jesus goes to the cross for us. It's my, it might be God's will that I'll be martyred in a situation. Right? But we've got to settle the issue and say, so be it. Even so, Lord. Yes. I will not let fear, even the fear of death, cause me to shrink. Because I want to, like Paul, I want to know him even in the fellowship of his sufferings. Uh, the fear of death did not prevent Jesus from suffering, bleeding, and dying on an old rugged cross for me. And he said, as his disciples, take up my cross. Take up your cross, I'm sorry. Take up your cross and follow me. So I want to encourage you today. Because some of you may be going through storm. And you've been you've been grabbing your bucket. You've been scooping up as much water as you can, trying to throw it out of the boat and and, and you're finding that your efforts are just not quite good enough. And, and fear and panic is setting in because you're seeing that if something doesn't change, if the tide doesn't shift, I'm going under. And you know Jesus, you know him, you walk with him, but this situation has caught you in a panic. And you're going to him. You're going to him in prayer, but you're going to him in fear. It never occurred to them that he could speak to the storm and silence it. It just occurred to them that he could lend a hand, grab a pail, and scoop water. We've got to be careful not to bring Jesus down to a carnal level. Because he is exalted on high, right? Heaven is his throne. The earth is his footstool, right? He's been given a name that is above every name, right? He's been given all authority, right? And so the circumstances of life have nothing in him, right? And so we have to be careful not to bring him down in our mind, but to be, uh, uh, but, but to be like the psalmist that says, exalt the Lord with me. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. We want, we need to be having God magnified in our hearts. That he, that, that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And so I'm, what, what, what I'm trying to instill in you is a mindset, an attitude that's going to help you endure and persevere and flourish despite the storm. And instead of allowing the storm to win. Right? And so, so we got to remind ourselves, okay, God, how do I magnify you? Uh, right now, my attitude has you pretty small in my mind, 
right? And, 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 and Lord, that, that, that's not doing you justice. Uh, and we, hey, declare it. We can pray to God. God, give me what David had when he magnified you as, as greater than Goliath. Open my eyes like you opened uh, Elisha's assistant when 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 he saw the armies of the the king's armies up against him and Elisha said, "Open his eyes, Lord, let him see that those that are for us are greater than those that are against us." Amen. And so we need to magnify the Lord in our hearts today. Amen. So it doesn't mean your storm is going to change that's around you. You don't have control over all that, but you do have control over your own uh, your own choices in the matter we have control over what we yield our members to we have control over what we yield our thoughts and our emotions to are you hearing me and we need to yield that to the lord and so uh i told y'all we're not going into overtime so we're gonna keep moving on here but if they woke him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You know, let not the circumstances cause us to characterize Jesus differently than what the word of God has characterized him. We do not have a high priest that, that, that is unable to relate to our uh, 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 our um, uh, what we're going through with our with our feelings and our and our issues, but in he was tempted in all points, just as we are, yet without sin. So he knows what we're going through. He feels it. He weeps with us. He cares. Anytime we're wondering if he cares, we we ought to settle the issue in our hearts because we know what the Word of God says. He cares. He will never leave us nor forsake us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? For the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross, despising the shame, right? So he cares. And so for let, let us not ha- adopt that attitude, God, do you even care what I'm going through? You're, that's your feelings talking. And if that's your feelings talking, then your feelings are driving the bus. And you need to change drivers, Right? Because the feelings are going, if, if the feelings are driving the bus, you're going to end up in a wreck. Right? And so, if we're going to spend time in prayer, if we're going to go to the Lord, let's go to the Lord in truth. Let's not ask silly questions. Do you care? Psst, stop it. Do you care? Oh, we got to know that he cares. Do you care that we're perishing? Of course he does. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. That's what 2 Peter 3, 9 says, right? Of course he cares, all right? And so if we're going to go to him, let's go to him in truth and acknowledge who he is, how much he loves us, how much he's for us, and that he is greater than whatever it is that we face. And interact with him from that place. Let's please him when we go to him because we're going to him in faith. And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, 
be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. You know, I am encouraged by this because, you know, they did not go to him like I said, you ought to go to him, and yet he still calmed the storm. But that's the thing. You know, God is fully capable of calming the storm. Of he can do away with the circumstances that is causing us stress. But if we can only find peace when stressful circumstances don't exist, we're going to have a miserable life. We're going to have to be able to find peace, peace that makes no sense. We're going to have to be able to find peace even when the circumstances that we're confronted with don't inspire peace. We're going to have to show forth that our peace isn't rooted in favorable circumstances. It's, it's, uh, our peace is based on the God of our salvation, his, his truth, his faithfulness to us. Amen? So he calmed the outer storm, but there was still work to do with the inner storm. He, he wanted them. He challenged them in the area that was going to be necessary for them to grow in in order for their peace to not be dictated by changing circumstances. And that's where God wants us to be. Okay? That's where God wants us to be. And that, after doing that, is why. He says, why are you afraid? Here's the problem. You, you allow fear to take, grab a hold of your heart. And once it did, there was an absence of faith. So therein lies a correlation, right? If we do the battle and not let fear win so that we are able to operate in faith rather than in doubt and unbelief. Are you hearing me? We can go to God in truth and in a way that pleases him. The inner peace within us allows us to still hear the still small voice. Though the storm rages outside, it's all good and it's all peace inside. And I can still hear his voice in the midst of the storm. And his voice navigates me through. I want to finish in uh, Philippians. Y'all, hey, if you've, been, if you've been going to church here just three months. You probably heard this half a dozen times. Philippians 4 verses 6 through 9. Because this is where it's at, especially what we're talking about today. Right? Um, we need, you know, we, we need scriptures that we, can, that we can grab a hold of, put ourselves in remembrance of, that that, that that become our sword in the midst of those situations that would tempt us to fear. We can take this truth and apply it, right, and just cut right through the enemy's defenses, right? Um, and, and it says here in Philippians, could, I could quote it, <laughs> but I'm going to read it. Philippians 4, I'll just do 6 and 7 right now. Do not be anxious about anything or worry about anything, but in everything, say everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The disciples needed to know that in that situation. Now, I give them a bit of a pass. They didn't have the Bible to read. We're reading their story. We're reading that that their, their trial and error, right? They're, they're learning this thing on the go. They're still new in their discipleship with the Lord. But praise God, because of them having to walk through that with the Lord, we're able to get the benefit of seeing not only where their mistakes were, but the lessons Jesus taught them, right? We're, we're seeing it come to full fruition so we can, our eyes are wide open. We know what to apply. We know what the issue is. We know what to do. And, and we can flourish in the situation that they floundered in. Right? And so uh, these were given to us as examples. The lessons he taught them are for us as well. Right? And so uh, we don't want to go down to the stern of the boat with, with an attitude towards Jesus. We don't want to go to that quiet place with an attitude with Jesus, right? We don't want to go to it praying about the situation, wanting him to help, but we're, what we're asking for him is carnal in perspective, right? We, we, it, what, what we're asking him doesn't fully appreciate who he is and what he can do in the situation, right? Right? Right. All right, there we go. Praise the Lord. But that's what we got to remind ourselves. Don't be worried or anxious about anything. And it's hard today because we're told to be worried and anxious about everything. We just are. Right? And, you know, it comes down to whose report are we going to believe. Right? It comes down to whether we're going to obey God in this or, or we're going to do what everybody else is doing. At some point, we're going to have to say, I hear you talking, but, but, but I'm not listening to you. You're, you're, you're not the source of my salvation. You're not the source of my peace. You're not the source of my joy. Uh, my, my God tells me to do something differently with these things in my heart, in my mind. If I go the way you want me to go, I'll live a life of turmoil and chaos and will never have peace. But, I'm going to take all this, and instead of being anxious about it, I'm going to take it to God in prayer and supplication, and I'm going to be thankful. Thanksgiving suggests I'm going to God with expectation that God hears me and that he's going to do something about it. I may not know his will or exactly what he's going to do, but, but, but I know he's going to do something about it. Amen? I know he's able. I know he's willing. My job is to seek him. It, he, he will reward. My job is to seek him, not uh, a remedy of my own making. Right? And in verses 8 and 9, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, notice, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We're, we're being told to think about a lot of things, but this is what we need to be thinking about. 
what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So many people are lacking peace. Church, we have access to peace. The Prince of Peace is our Lord and Savior. Their peace, the peace of God is available to us. But there is a thing, there's some things we need to practice in order to be able to walk in that peace. Right? And so let's walk in obedience to God in these areas. If, uh, if you're struggling, whether there's issues in your home, uh, issues at work, issues in your neighborhood, where, whatever the issues are, you know, I I want you to take to heart what is being said here because you might be fighting in your own strength. You might be fighting from your own carnal perspective. You may be handling things like most people handle things, but they're not how God would have us to handle those things. And we need to bring ourselves in line with what God's word says. Do battle based upon God's command. A lot of times we want God's results, but we're not doing God's command, right? We want his benefits, but we don't want to do the things the way he wants us to do them. And we're going to have to repent of that and bring ourselves in line with God's word and say, okay, God, I've been resisting. I've been fighting. I've been doing things based on my own justification out of my own understanding. And, uh, you know what? I, 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 I give up. I surrender. I yield to you, Lord. You say that you are a rewarder of those that believe you exist. Right? Well, he says that we said that we must, we that come to you must believe that you exist, and you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. All right? My my way of handling this situation so far has not included a diligent seeking of you. I've considered myself having the moral high ground over the person who is my enemy in this situation or the person I'm in conflict with. And I've used that as justification for some attitudes and behaviors that don't honor you. Right? And so I'm not going to give myself that out or that pass anymore Right. Because when I'm doing that, I'm walking in disobedience and rebellion to you. And then I'm asking you to bless it. Because I've considered myself right. Self-righteousness is not what you're asking for, Lord. Right. What you're asking for is obedience and for us to walk humbly with our God. I'm going to ask you to stand. That's what God is asking of us today. I don't know what your trial is, what your struggle is, but I do know that whatever it is, this story applies to you. The truths in it apply to you. What it demands and requires of us applies to you. God doesn't want us justifying behaviors and attitudes that don't bring him glory, that don't bring him honor, that aren't in obedience to what we know his word of truth demands of us. What he wants and what he needs of us is to humble ourselves before him. Repent 
from any self-righteousness that we've exhibited, justifying ourselves because we've deemed ourselves more righteous than those who we are opposed to. Or we've deemed the situation such that we have engaged in a little bit of more relativism. That I am compelled to do what, the, what I chose to do because the circumstances and situation dictated it. And in love, I say nonsense. There is no justification for disobeying God's word. There's no justification for our not walking circumspectly in obedience to the call of God in our lives, in obedience to God's word of truth. There is no exceptions. There is no excuses. And we have to just own it and repent. We have to repent where we have allowed the storms of life to create a storm in our hearts because we for a moment of weakness, in a moment of weakness, we forgot just who Jesus is and what he's capable of. God, may it not be so. May it not be so, henceforth and forever. May it not be so. May we ever recall to our remembrance the greatness of our God, the greatness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All authority, all might, all power has been given unto him. And he can make a way out of no way. Nothing is impossible for him. And may our hearts be open to that. We may not know what you're going to do, but we know that there is something possible that's just beyond our understanding. That's just beyond our capacity to even believe God for. But, 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 but we're not going to bring you down to our level. We're going to magnify you uh, and we're going to exalt you, Lord, on high. And Father, we're going, we embrace the challenge uh, that we learned in Hebrews and in Romans 10, 17 about faith. We embrace the challenge, Father God, of hearing your word. We're going to be faithful in our church attendance and hearing the word of God. We're going to be faithful in our study of your word and in our meditating on the word. We're going to be faithful in our putting into practice your word that we might be able to rightly divide the word of truth. And Father God, when circumstances hit us, and there is temptation to worry, to doubt, to fear, we're going to remember what your word says in Philippians chapter 4. Be not worried or anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Because when we go to you in prayer, we're going to go to you in prayer acknowledging your faithfulness. We're going to go to you in prayer with expectation. 
We're going to acknowledge that you're good. We're going to acknowledge that you're faithful. And that the promises of God are yes and amen. So we're going to go with prayer, go to you with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Knowing that once we do that and persist in it, the peace of God that passes all understanding, don't even make sense, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's the secret sauce. That's that that's that's how we maintain peace in the middle of the outer storms. So I thank you for speaking to us today, Lord, and and I thank you, Father God, that the, the seed that was planted was planted deep in the good soil that will bear much fruit to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.